If you're trying to change the way that you think about something and it conflicts with a value that you have, you're going to get nowhere fast. Welcome to the Liminal Zone Alchemist, the podcast for when you're stuck between the patterns of your past and the pull of your purpose. I'm your host, Sally Hardy, and each week I'll be challenging your understanding of what it is to be human in the modern world. I'll help you free your innate genius from the socialized shadows, reconnect with your inner knowing, and lean into that pull, letting your purpose guide and support you with ease to the impact that only you can make in the world. Okay, get comfy, set your brain to curious, and let's get on with the episode. Hello, you lovely bean. Let's talk today about something that I consider to be kind of the fundamental building blocks of creating our lived experience. Our values. If this is work that you've already done with me or another coach or independently, do still stay tuned because there's a little twist at the end. When it comes to the logical layers of change that we have access to in life, the layers of change that we can do something with, with our conscious mind, values are higher up than beliefs or thoughts, which means that if you're trying to change the way that you think about something and it conflicts with a value that you have, you're going to get nowhere fast. There's more weight, there's more body, more substance to a value than there is to a belief. So the value will win time after time after time. Because values are a result of your identity, which is a stronger pathway in your brain than a thought. Higher up than identity is purpose, higher purpose, mission, reason for being, whatever you like to call it. If you think that you have no purpose, then that may be because the values that you have absorbed over your life don't reflect the higher purpose that you do have. So in effect, you're identifying with someone else's higher purpose. So yeah, it may feel fuzzy and out of reach. Today, we're going to get a leg up on the clarity that choosing your values gives. When you sit with and you intentionally choose values that resonate most with you, you are aligning with your inner truth. That stuff about you that you know, but it's been covered up by other things that have been picked up along the way, unwittingly, usually, probably in childhood, definitely from culture, maybe something that you've inherited. Other people's beliefs, other people's values, and perhaps values that have come from a a coping mechanism that your brain may have put in place to deal with a lived experience. Defining your values, the qualities that really matter to you intentionally, will support you in so many different situations. They're not only the building blocks of choosing what you want in your life, but they're the reason that you're going to feel the way you feel about your lived experiences. Your values will naturally trickle down into your beliefs, your thoughts, into your behaviors, into how you show up in your world, which impacts the decisions that you make and the opportunities that you see, your experiences of these and ultimately the life that you end up creating for yourself. But firstly, it's important to come into this with an open mind. You get to be curious and dance with whichever values resonate with you. You don't have to have the same as your friends or your family or your partner. You don't ever have to tell anybody about these and no one can tell you 
which values are the right ones, like in little bunny ears, the right ones for you to have, just as much as they can't tell you the right way to think or the right way to be. But often we do pick up other people's values and we just sort of put them in our backpack and we carry them around for life without ever questioning them, without ever realizing that we can question them, without even realizing that they are there to question. And this is your opportunity to pause, to stop and have a think. If you think you already know what your values are, let's get them out of the table and have a little look at them. Put them down. Did you choose them? Can you name or describe them? Do you want them? Are there others that feel more yummy than the ones that you have? And yeah, I use that word yummy because this is not a a case of choosing values that feel like crap or that have should attached to them. I should be loyal. I should be strong. What we're going to be doing is choosing your personal core values. Likewise, you don't have to choose values that would seem to be in line with your current behavior. Like um, if you're confused, you don't need to choose confusion as a value because it's showing up in your life. If you aren't enjoying it or the outcomes of it, then that's not the one for you. These are positive choices that you're making for you totally bespoke. I think I've said that a few times. You probably got <laughs> to grips with that bit. And unless feeling like confused or indecisive is something that you aspire to that gives you a really super yummy feeling, it doesn't make it on this list. You can accept who you are right now, love on you without any judgment whatsoever, and release the torment of an inner clash because you're beating yourself over the head with inherited or borrowed values. It is now safe for you to choose the values that you want. Trust yourself to follow your yummy compass and make an aligned choice. And I want to tell you also that you get to change your values. This is the second really important point. This work is not a contract. If you find that your values aren't suiting you or they feel out of sync with how you want to live or your life has evolved and they no longer feel resonant, revisit this work. You'll know if you, if you start recognizing that inner clash that I spoke about, that conflict, if, you're, if your values are starting to jar with you, or if you aren't getting the results in your life that are in line with what feels good for you, what serves you. I revisit my values every six months or so just to check that they still feel yummy to me. And I've just done this, which is prompt this podcast, prompted this podcast. And thirdly, I want to say that values are not rules. You, you don't carry them around in a big book expecting other people to live up to them or being unkind to yourself if you don't. You will know if you're slipping into a, like a, a hard line of enforcement of rules, of expectations, if you begin to hear either in your mind or coming out of your mouth words like should or shouldn't aimed either at yourself or at others, like um, they should want to help me or um, I, I shouldn't be unkind I should want to help them. Think of your values as unconditionally loving best friends. You get to have them listen to all of your thoughts, 
you get to ask them questions and see how they would offer to act in any given moment. And then you get to make up your mind about what you're going to do and think with their guidance and information. Because this is where authenticity is born. This is how you will, you'll never have to wonder if you're making you know, the right choice or behaving in the right way to be honoring yourself when your intentional values are a reflection of your intentional identity and you're turning to them as friends when something doesn't feel right or if you're starting to feel confused, if you don't know how to behave, how you want to behave that's in line with you in a certain situation, then you get to turn to your values. They are something you can filter all the different options for what you can do through. (laughs) You're like, okay, Sally, how's that going to work then? Here's an example. If I'm faced with a situation and I'm caught up in a reaction, either a body reaction or my brain is cascading with catastrophic thoughts, I take a pause I can take a breath and I can ask some simple questions I have given you some examples of these questions in a PDF that I've attached in the show notes, and these will prompt you to consider your own questions, ones that work for you, ones that work for your brain, and you get to to use these questions. You get to insert whichever value or group of values you have into the questions and get some really interesting perspective shifts. The PDF also has a big list of values, and there's an exercise that you can follow through there, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about. But if I give you an example of some of these questions, how you can use your values, some of these questions in action. Some time ago, I was in a a coaching mastermind. And as part of this mastermind, we swapped peer coaching, which helps increase skill. You learn from other coaches. You get exposure to lots of different coaching disciplines and strategies. And I had one of these swaps organized. And I was stood up. Normally, that's not so much of a thing. I can read a book. I can get on with some work. I can have a nap, you know, generally get on with the things that I enjoy doing. The thing is that I was the only person in this mastermind in the UK, which meant that there was a big time difference between me and the awake times of everybody else, which meant that I often had to stay out well beyond my fairly modest bedtime to facilitate these swaps. And So it was with this one. I'd stayed up late and I was already tired. And when I was the only one in the Zoom room after 15 minutes, I got grumpy. But because I have my values, even when I'm tired and grumpy, even if I'm headed down a rabbit hole of resentment or or irritation, they're my guide back to me. I have them to show if my thinking and my behavior is in line with who I choose to be, who I intentionally choose to be. And so I thought about one of my values, which is love. And I asked, what would be the most loving thing that I could do for me right now? My answer to that was actually to allow myself to be grumpy and annoyed, to allow my feelings, to allow me to experience this feeling of grumpy and annoyed, to not judge myself. And then I could let them process and clear. And then the next most loving thing that I could do was to clear my mind, go to bed, get some sleep. My next question was, what would be the most loving thing that I could do for them right now, the the person who hadn't showed up for this swap? 
Well, the most loving thing that I could do would be to care about them, to make sure that they were okay, to give them the benefit of the doubt. I have no idea why they missed the call. So I decided to email them to see if they were okay. This is also a loving thing for me because I believe it's important for people to know that they were expected somewhere if they haven't showed up, not in an attempt to shame them, just so that everybody's clear on the circumstances. Okay, so how can I write to them in the most loving way? Well, before I wrote, I decided that I was going to focus on feeling love for that person. Not love for the the situation I found myself in, but for that individual. So I closed my eyes and I pictured them and I wished them well. I hoped that they weren't in any pain. I hoped that they were okay. I loved them from afar. And then I wrote the email saying that I'd waited and now I was closing the Zoom room. My final question was, how can I let myself receive love in this moment? You see how love as a value is just being inserted into these questions. It could be any value that's inserted. How can I let myself receive love in this moment? I thought for a second and then I texted my husband who was already asleep. That's why I texted him. We don't normally communicate by text. (laughs) Well, sometimes. To let him know that when he woke up um, and he read it, that I'd be lying in the next morning and I was sleeping in the spare room. Then I got to work on how to not feel guilt around that, both in the moment as I made that decision and the next day. I was thinking ahead now to the next day, the next morning when I'm in bed and the kids get up and there's the normal kind of hubbub that goes on in a house. And then when I went to bed, I took a moment to put on some nice smells, some little scent sleep-inducing scent on my wrists, which was something that I was really able to soak into and enjoy before I nodded off. Now, all of this took seconds. It's taken longer for me to explain it to you than it took in real time. Seconds. And it simply empowered or embodied something that I would have done already with my value, my value of love. I would have written to the peer who didn't show anyway, but this way it was from love rather than from irritation and annoyance and tiredness and grumpiness. I would have gone to bed anyway, but this way it was, it was actually quite a delicious appreciation and a, and a prioritization of the quality and the quantity of sleep rather than just like a big exhausted flump. If I hadn't done this, I would have been more tired and more grumpy the following day. So that extra hour sleep in the morning made my life and my family's next day more pleasant, perhaps even a little more ease-filled than it would have otherwise been. So, but also in that moment of me prioritizing my sleep, I inadvertently showed love to my family for the following day. So I mentioned the PDF that is in the show notes of, of this week's episode. In that, you're going to find a list of values. It's a pretty comprehensive list. Please feel free to add more if you like. It is not exhaustive. And there may be words that carry something for you that are important for you to include within this list. 
as you read through them, including the ones that you write, some of the words will resonate with you and some of them won't. That's exactly as it is meant to be. Circle the ones that do or write them out separately if you're using a screen to look at the list and then group them. And by this, I mean, choose one main header, one core value. And then you may find that under that core value, there are others that fit quite neatly, supportive values. Like, for example, to be a leader is one of my values. And under this, amongst a host of other values, I have honesty, humility, rigor, fun, imperfection. You can see how this goes. Now, you're going to have totally different choices for your core values and your supportive values. And that's exactly right, because they're yours. Aim for three or four main values. And then, oh, it gets fun. For each core value, you can dig in. Why is it important to you? What does this value bring to the party of the future that you want to create? Why do you want to have it as a value? And then with the supporting values, here's the twist. Do any of them create tension? And if so, great. <laughs> what? Well, the tension that I'm talking about is a complementary tension. So when I was in... Um, I had my architectural interior design business. They Designers use a color wheel. And if you have a color choice for a client that's on one side of the wheel, a complementary color is that which is on the opposite side of the wheel. It creates um, a sort of a dynamic nature. It's a, it's, it's a way of breaking up one main color in a complementary fashion. It creates tension. So you could have balancing colors, harmonizing colors, but which, which of your values are important to, so I'm talking now about the supporting values, which of your supporting values are important to, but seem to almost pull in a different direction to your core value. So um, let's think about in fact, I have to do have to say that this is something that I used to use with my design clients with, with colors, with texture, with lines and curves to keep a design dynamic. But this recently got brought back to my attention um, by Simone Sol, who talked about using it as an addition to a value compass. And I thought it was an excellent and brilliant addition, which is why I'm bringing it to you here. But the idea is that each of your core values, each of those qualities, it almost has like a yin-yang within it, where both the yin and the yang are in your best interest. Both are healthy qualities that serve you, but your, your chosen or your core quality has a, well, Simone called it a, a mirror quality, but how my brain thinks about it is like a, a tension quality. You know, like if a, if a tent rope was only attached on one side, the tent would be a bit flappy, but if the rope is attached also on the opposite side, if it's tied into the ground on the opposite side too, there's more tensile strength, there's more stability. So an example of this could be a core value of love. Perhaps the tensile value could be boundaries or 
accountability. Now you may think, hang on a minute, because like the opposite or the the other side of love is hate. Well, okay, but you wouldn't, I assume, want to have hate as a value or as a supporting value. Remember, we are choosing friends for you. We are choosing values that you can filter things through, those that provide you service. So if I'm if I look back at love, you can see that if I'm heavily leaning into that, I feel absolutely wonderful. I'm just love on everyone, love on me, love absolutely just mm, unctuous. But I may forget or abandon or or miss looking at my boundaries. I may be more tolerant of behavior that I wouldn't normally tolerate. But equally, if I'm heavily on that boundary side, if I'm reinforcing boundaries, perhaps I could do with a dash of love in the mix. So you can see how each of these values, your core value and your tensile value, they both support you. Other examples could be vulnerability or authenticity and a tensile value of protection. You can see, again, how each would support the other. Too much of one may not be healthy and it may not be aligned with your purpose, even though this value resonates with you. So in the PDF in the show notes, you have all of this information. You don't need to remember it. (laughs) You're welcome. You get to print that out. You get to just look at it, you know, whichever way suits you best. But once you've gone through and you've chosen your, your values and you've grouped them into core value and supporting values, three or four of those, and you look for your tensile value as well. Once you've done all of this, I'd love you to put it in a drawer for a week or two. Just put it away. Enjoy, soak into, really embrace doing this expansion work. Because it is expansion work. This is something that will see you at least for the next six months. Of course, you can come back to it sooner. But at least for the next six months, charting a course for yourself through values. But like I said, pop it in a drawer for a couple of weeks. Kind of just let let it go. Set an alert on your calendar to take it out, maybe schedule 20 minutes or so. Like I said, in a week or two weeks time, take time then to look through it and see like register, how does this feel with me? Do these words still resonate? What sits well? Does anything feel out of place? And notice in the weeks since you have performed this exercise, have you found yourself thinking about your core values, your tensile values, your supportive values? Have you found yourself living more in line with your your chosen besties or filtering how you want to behave or think through the lens of them? And I would put money on the fact that you will have. That, my beautiful little beans, is the magic of choosing intentionally the building blocks of who you want to be.
I really hope you enjoy this work, you savor it, that you roll the values around your mouth and your body and you choose what genuinely feels most yummy. And I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. I'll speak to you next week. I aim for these episodes to be an accessible, zero-cost, digestible resource for those who may benefit from what I share. But please note that while I have studied and trained extensively, the opinions I discuss in this podcast are mine. And I am human. If you have read something that challenges my understanding of the evidence-backed information I offer, I'm open to increasing my knowledge. (music) 